Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, and welcome back to another Unveiling Grace podcast. So glad to have you with us. Um, I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. With a guest with us today, her name is Michelle. Michelle called me hmm, a couple weeks ago, Michelle, maybe three weeks ago. And um, she has kind of an amazing story to tell, a journey from performance-based religion to now this amazing relationship with the living God. Welcome, cool. Michelle. Thank you. Yeah, so glad to have you. So since you know her, Lynn, and I don't, we talked a little bit off air before we started the podcast. I'm going to let you ask the questions and I'll just jump in whenever I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds like a plan. Well, Michelle, Tell me about a relationship with God. Did, did you always believe in God? Lynn, I always really did. I, from my earliest childhood memories, I, um, I was raised Methodist um, and always believed that there was a God watching over me. And, and looking back now, I actually see that, that he was and uh, through, through all of my childhood events that, uh, it would whack, you know, it, there would be, um, events that would happen that were really not good, but then there would be a rebounding with something that was about God. Wow. Do very you cool. want to be more specific <laughs> or would you yes. rather not? <laughs> Um, I was uh, raised in a home with a single mother uh, from the about the age of four. Um, there was um, events of abuse that happened in my home by both both my mother and her boyfriend. Um, however, uh, I was blessed to be able to um, go during the summertime to a camp uh, camp by Jahaji in Colorado. And, uh, and that stands for I'd Rather Have Jesus. Um, I learned a lot about uh, Christianity um, or, you know, basically learning about uh, Jesus at, at that camp, but also listening to music like uh, Sandy Patty and Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith uh, helped me get through a lot of my childhood. Um, wow. And I would say that um, I sought after him and I thought that he was um, in the Job's Daughters. So I, I went through the Job's Daughters organization, uh, got all the way to Honored Queen. Um, and in that Honored Queen, um, I guess I'm sort of jumping ahead a little bit. I started really searching for, um, for God in different churches uh, outside of the Methodist one because of uh, an incident that happened with the minister because I questioned, because she was a woman, I had never seen that in the Bible of a 
um, a preacher that was a woman. And, and so that started my venture when I was 12 uh, to um, searching through different churches to build a find, to build a find, I guess, what I was looking for in God. So you, one of the places that you kind of explored was Jehovah's what is it? Job's daughters. Job's daughters. Okay. Job's daughters, which is Masonic. Yes. Yes, you have to have a Mason to be in that group. Right. Okay. So, so when you were so at camp, performance based, right, Joel? Yeah, Masonry is definitely performance based. Um, and within Masonry, some people say rather than being super religious, it's more of a fraternal organization. Though there are certain spiritual overtones to it. Uh, my understanding is you can believe in almost any God you want to, as long as you deem him or her a higher power. But so it, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of leeway, a lot of freedom. What, but if, what you I was go, one, go ahead. if she got to be honored queen, though, surely there were performance-based lists of things you needed to check? Yes, you actually, to, mm -hmm. yes, you actually move up. Um, it's a ranking, so, mm -hmm. uh, but they always, I, I guess, told us that it was mostly about leadership, learning about leadership as a youth. And so okay. I never looked at it that way. So to, so coming out of that, um, I really didn't know that it was what it is until only about a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So and what because... I want to know, Michelle, is so when you were at this Christian camp, um, I'd rather have Jesus. That's a pretty straightforward name. Yes. Was did you did you have any sort of experience, salvation experience then um, within that camp context, or was that just a place more to learn about, you know, more who God was and the God of the Bible? I love that question. Um, I have thought about this more since since uh, Lynn and I started talking, and I do believe that. Um, that is where I really did come to know um, Jesus. Um, however, I got sidetracked. I got off on all these different tracks uh, after that because, of course, I was attending all these different churches and, and really seeking for, I think, a family because my family I grew up in was so broken. Okay. So two things. You needed God and you needed family. And that is an open door to one of the performance-based religions that we're <laughs> all familiar with. Yes. So tell me what specifically drew you then to Mormonism? Uh, well, that's a big jump. Um, I was, I was gonna say, and how old? Because you said you were 12 when you went to camp? Yeah, yes, I was in my teens when I went to Idrahaji. Um, okay. Job's daughters, I was um, basically about, um, I'd say about 15 to 18 um, okay. is when that happened. And after that, I uh, joined, a, actually left my term in, as status of honored queen and went into a, um, a cult church. Um, I don't know if I should use names or not. So... So, you don't have I'll, to if you'd, if you'd rather okay. not at this point, sure. Um, and I and that one was a very difficult experience. Um, I had a Christian friend that was helping me um, 
be able to get out of that church because you couldn't just leave. And um, so basically I moved from my mother's home into uh, with these, this place, because that's just how you, how they worked things. Right. So um, once, once he helped me, now he has been a Christian friend that's been in my life since I was about 19 years old. And he uh, is still in my life. And, um, and as a, a part of that by praying for me for 30 years. Um, wow. So, <clears throat> um, but he was able to help me to be able to see who I really was back then to remind me um, that I've, I was seeking after God. I had, I've always had a heart after God. Um, uh, so I was, he helped me get out of, uh, out of that. Um, I, I don't like to use church on that, but organization, I suppose. Yeah, it was a spiritually um, abusive organization. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Thank you. That's a good way to describe that. Um, I found my way into, uh, a Foothills Bible Church over in uh, Littleton, Colorado, and uh, was very active there, loved loved every part of it. Uh, however, had a peaking of the church down the street, which was the Mormon church. Okay. And my pastor, I went to my pastor about lots of things because again, I was seeking for a family. So, um, so I look at pastors as, as a father. So can you see how this leads into um, uh, when I started looking at the LDS church, I went to him, asked him if he would come um, with me to be able to meet with the more with the missionaries. Your pastor had stopped over there and and tried to see what it was about. But he he definitely was leading me away from them. Um, and said he had lots of information, but I, I decided to go and search for, for myself and okay. asked him if he would come to the missionary, the missionaries were coming to my home and asked if he would, um, come to my home and be there with me to, to basically, cause he had more knowledge than me. Right. And, and so you're, you're like, what age at this point? Are you going um, to college? Point, Are you just working? Uh, I was 21 at this okay. time <clears throat> and. And so he came to my, yes, I was working. I had my own home. I had, I would, had a, um, wow. a daycare center in my home and I was a foster parent for abused children at that mm. time. Wow. And okay. so I really have had a heart for children all my life and helping them to get out of abusive situations. Um, and that stemmed from my childhood. Sure. So. Uh, okay, so so you're interested oh, in the missionaries. You invite them over and you say, "Hey, pastor, could you come along?" Just because you know you want to have some guidance, some input from somebody that you respect. Um, yes. Spiritually, okay. So how did that go? So Pastor Bill came over, and I had one rule in my home, and that was no yelling. And the, everybody agreed. We started in about ten minutes in. The pastor started yelling at the missionaries. Or raising his voice, you know, to a level mm -hmm. I needed to leave. And at that point, um, I did leave my home and uh, the missionaries followed me and asked if we wanted to meet without my pastor. So, um, and that was very confusing to me because I didn't understand that he was actually, now I understand that he was actually trying to ward off um, 
I think false teaching. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to stand up for me, but I didn't recognize it as that. Well, and I think Lynn and I would both agree that's the absolute wrong way to go about it. I don't care Mm -hmm. how convinced you are that somebody else is wrong. Um, You powering up and using anger and yelling as a form of dominance is not the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's not that we can't be passionate. It's not that we aren't firm. But you, especially given your past background, um, that was not a healthy way to engage um, anybody, really, but especially Mormons, because from the very beginning, they're taught that anything like that is a spirit of contention. Yes. And they won't. Um, abide by it and rightly so so uh-huh. and Lynn feel free to feel free to come in on this because you were in this also yeah I I actually give people latitude I, I honestly think the spirit works in a lot of different ways through different people and with different people but but generally yes I, I agree with you I try not to yell at people <laughs> not that i so, haven't done it before <laughs> right uh, oh yeah we, i mean we've all we've all done that i just yes. but in terms of effectiveness and in terms of um winning over another person truly being heard um that tends to work against you um, so you were 21 i was 24 when i investigated <laughs> and i suspect i know where this is going <laughs> Yeah, so go ahead, Michelle. So where did that leave you then in terms of both how you viewed your pastor and then how you viewed the probably poor Mormon missionaries who just been yelled at? <laughs> well, they those were elders, uh, the young men, and uh, they uh, opened it up for young women to come in, the sister missionaries to come in. And it, it actually um, gravitated me towards uh, Mormonism. And uh, however, they did speak poorly of the pastor that, see, this is not how we treat people. And so it actually grabbed me to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, you know, at that point, I had known someone when I was 17 and had, had gone and lived with their family for a couple weeks as a um, a farm family when during my senior year and they were mormon i was raised anti-mormon i was not afraid of mormons because i I, or of any religion because um that's what i was seeking i was seeking through all these religions to find god sure Um, and so uh they became involved in my life again at that point and were very involved they became my what i call my lds parents so the family that you'd stayed with as a senior in high school? Yes. Okay, yeah. So they became very involved. Uh, 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 gosh, I was, I, I investigated for pretty much about a month, and they said I was ready for baptism. And so it was a very fast-moving, uh, as, as was going into Christianity. It was uh, very quick. Um, during, I was put into a singles ward, at that point okay and and when i was giving my uh bearing my testimony of basically my conversion story uh that's where i met my husband um to be 
Okay, at the singles ward when you were at the counting. singles ward. Okay. So so let me stop and ask you this question. Now that you look back thirty years later, why do you think you joined Mormonism? That's a really good question. I think I joined it because I was needing a family. And I think that I was searching for God and they said to bring my knowledge of the Bible and that they will add to it. And so they didn't push me away, but they actually grabbed on tight. Mm -hmm. So and they probably affirmed everything that you had believed up to that point about mm -hmm. who God was. So it wasn't like they were trying to undo your belief system. No. And and that is, I mean, and that's a lot of the attractiveness of how, especially the Mormon elders and the Mormon sisters work, is they don't want to tear down a person's faith, but what they want to start with where they are and then lead them into Mormonism and into the particulars of that faith and hope that people don't notice or don't care too much about things that maybe don't match up or beliefs that start to look a little bit different from what you've been raised with. So you early on then you meet this wonderful guy and you can see this family forever taking place. Yes, I was actually told he's a return missionary, and what a blessing to find a return missionary. Mm. I did not know about the whole return with honor thing yet. I was very new, so a lot of new language. Mm -hmm. um, so I took what they said that this was a blessing. So are you are you saying, did you find out later he didn't actually return with honor? He was just a returned missionary? <laughs> Yes, I did. So, okay. Oh, and that's a real big uh, thing. That's that a I... big difference. Yeah. Now, okay, yes. and and you may not be able to answer this because you may not know, but do you think that the people were being intentionally misleading and in not saying the full story about him because they wanted you to be open to him, and they were maybe wanting to help him? out of a difficult situation because a dishonorable leaving your mission dishonorably is kind of a stigma within the LDS community if you understand the culture. Yeah, I don't think that they really knew him because we were in Colorado and he was from Utah. So okay. he he yeah, I don't think that they really knew him. I think they were more so really excited because I had just joined the church and then uh was very active in the singles ward. Um had a little foster daughter um, and uh, and then, you know, this next step, of course, because marriage is, is really the step that you take when you're in your early 20s or, you know, very young. Mm -hmm. Yep. So so to be able to have that next step so quickly after I uh, had had become a member, everybody was really happy. You got married in the temple then? We were actually civilly married first because of waiting for a year before being able to go to the temple. So mm -hmm. we 
um, were married in uh, September, and then I was sealed. We were sealed on the day that I was uh, baptized in January that following mm. year. Okay, so you even delayed your baptism into the Mormon Church. Um, uh, no, this was from the time that I was baptized. I met him after my baptism. Then oh, she had to delay going to the temple. Like, yeah. Okay, so it was like a, it was, as soon as the year was up, then you were ready right. to be married in the temple. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Mike and I had to do the same thing. Wait a year after we joined the church to go to the temple. Mm -hmm. Where All do you right. want to take her from here, Lynn? So my guess is... We've got about four minutes left of this podcast episode, so I'm already anticipating we're going to have to do a Michelle part two, which is fine. Um, it's been a fascinating story so far. But knowing what you know of Michelle, where would you like her to go with her story for the next four minutes or so? Well, let's get the children in here. I'm guessing a woman who is a foster mom and, and loves kids and is looking forward to an eternal family begins then to have children probably early on and lots of them. Uh, yeah, actually, well, I wasn't planning on having a lot at that point. I was thinking four children, two boys, two girls, right? I had a brother. I was the only only girl. So um, I always thought that there'd be four and I don't know why. Um, but I did. We did. I did continue with um, with foster care for 12 years. Uh, I was uh, I was pregnant before we went to the temple uh, to be sealed. So within that first six months, um, I was expecting, and um, that was a new thing to me of that you just let God basically <laughs> bring them, huh? Bring them yeah. on, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, so you subsequently had how many? Uh, ten children. Ten children okay. and wow. active LDS for many, many, many years. And next time we're going to hear when she started questioning the Mormon church and how God stepped back into her life and how things are now. Yeah. Um, sounds wonderful. Okay. That sounds fantastic. So in the in the couple minutes we have left, so um, how, not sure how to ask this, so how was your husband with the fact, I mean, so you can, you said you continued to do foster care of children for 12 years, um, so how was he with that? It sounds like he must have been open to that even as you start having your own kids. Yes, he was, he was pretty open with that, so that, that uh, did not become an issue until about that last year, so... Uh, it was more of a heart that I was doing things with them. So uh, more so he wasn't too involved in that, if that makes sense. Okay. And he was busy working, busy with yes. church callings? Uh, he was busy working, uh, didn't have um, a whole lot of church callings, but he was very, very busy with uh, working during the day and, you know, the traditional, traditional family style life, I suppose, in the LDS church. But continue to hold a temple recommend, both of you? Uh, yes. All uh, of your I, years? I only went to the temple three times with him in the 21 years we were married. 
So Ooh, why is that? Uh, because I, I I went with friends, he he uh, pretty much had excuses for not going, so I just would would attend with my friends often. So. Mm. Okay, um, so the times that he did go were those times like to seal additional children to yourselves. Did you have your children sealed to you then? Uh, well, they were all born under the covenant, um, but uh, it was for our sealing. He went then, and then there were a couple other times that that we went together. But, but it, I don't know. It just didn't ever seem to work out, and time passed. I don't, you know. Sure. No. <laughs> so life, it... life has a way of rolling on, especially with children. <laughs> and yeah, that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast. So I'm excited for the rest <laughs> of the story in the next episode. So Michelle, thank you so much for sharing You're your welcome. story. It's been fascinating. Um, Lynn, any closing words for our podcast people? Stay tuned, people, because um, the story should be great. Well, as those years of marriage go on for Michelle, uh, things were quite what she had hoped for a, a um, perfect forever family. Um, and this is life for many of us, right? And so six years ago, things began to change in her life. A little bit of a teaser for next time. Okay, so you're <laughs> saying it wasn't all happiness. Wasn't all rainbows and roses, some people said. <laughs> well, Joel, you just have to wait and see. Okay. Tune in <laughs> I'll next wait till week. next time. <laughs> all right. So, thank you for listening. Remember, you can get all the episodes at unveilinggracepodcast.com. And we look forward to being with you next week. Grace and peace to you. Until next time. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm-hmm.